Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting, and I have a very special guest today, Jeff Smith of Facebook. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me. So you wrote a really thoughtful and awesome post. Or we've been, by the way, we've been friends for like three or four we years. Have, yeah, and uh, and you, we actually don't work together anymore. We used to <laughs> work out of Thoughtbot together. So I miss seeing your face all the time. Uh, but you wrote this awesome post on Medium about Facebook and Facebook design. And I was reading it and I was like, this is so amazing. Like you're talking about all the mentors you had in the past and now how you're using Facebook design to do your own mentoring um, of the design community. So I wanted to have you on the podcast. So tell maybe just start by talking about your background, how you got into design. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's funny in the tech scene, you have a lot of non-traditional designers or people who've come out of, uh, programs that weren't like focused on design. So for me, I came out of school studying philosophy and, um, then got into the tech scene through entrepreneurship. So I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I had also studied fine art like early on in my like education and, um, have kind of come full circle now to a place where I both integrate entrepreneurship and building products with my design sensibilities and I've found that to be a really great like mix um but yeah it's 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 pretty pretty remarkable how how people have you know like myself have come out of really nothing and 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 moved into design it's all hard work how does so you're like a renaissance man like philosophy (laughs) art like you know how does does your how does philosophy feed into design how like how does that all come together yeah it's funny I uh I don't really know I think for me I looked at going into an art program so with design specifically and product design um a lot of a lot of these design programs aren't really made in such a way that they really support what we're trying to do with product design. And so I went to a fine art program and then immediately bailed on it because it was just too rigid and didn't have the kind of flexibility uh, that I would want in my career and what I was doing with my life. And yeah, I think... I think for me, that's always been kind of a defining characteristic of who I am. Mm-hmm. Somebody who kind of wants to have their finger on the pulse of a number of different things. And yeah, product design is kind of a perfect match for that. So in many ways, I don't think you five years ago or 10 years ago would have been able to, five years ago. Yeah. But 10 years ago, I would not have been able to say this is what I'd be doing. But yeah, Silicon Valley, I guess, pulled me out here like it does a lot of people. Yeah. So you, so in the, and maybe talk about where they, people can read the post and where they can find. Sure. The sure. Post. So the post was mainly about, so I, I'm a designer at Facebook and one of the things that has really impressed me while being at Facebook is the ability to just move fast and kind of carve out your own niche and uh, this post was really my trying to express both what it is at Facebook to be able to um, you know do that and kind of self you know, define your own you know path of growth there but also nod at all the people who've before me given me the opportunities that I've had um, both with my current manager but also the people who took their like without really any sort of incentive took time out of their day to meet with a guy who is who knew nothing and was nobody for coffee and to give me guidance and so it's that paying forward that i think is so critical to our own growth both as professionals now like it obviously pays pays off to invest in those people because they ultimately become the people that you work with you know 10 years down the road but how important is for those people who are coming up to really have those opportunities and those conversations so you had some like so amazing stories in that post like sure a specific like you talked about one of your first bosses and sure sure how did you go from like zero to design like you talked about pulling down web files and taking 
taking graphics yep. apart. Like, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So the the post really. So my manager. I, I think it should start with my manager. My manager right now. He's really pretty well known for having started a design agency up in Canada that was then acquired by Facebook, and uh, they came to notoriety in large part because they would release these open source um, files essentially for the desi- for designers to be able to build iOS um, components and and screens that were basically mapped to what you had on within iOS. And that was something for me when I first learned how to design, especially for mobile, uh, that I really leaned on pretty heavily. Like those exact files? Those, those exact oh, files. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. That. Oh, so, wow. so literally, the, this, this firm put these files up on the internet and then, you know, people across the entire globe download this stuff and use it to make to, to make apps. And it's a really invaluable resource when it comes to both learning how to design and how to think about mobile best practices uh, and also just moving quickly. And so it's amazing now, like, and I, I kind of go into that within the post, how I, for my very first client, didn't really know what I was doing. It oversold my skills uh, when, when it comes to mobile design. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Everyone's I mean, got to start somewhere. <laughs> that entrepreneur, like, go-getter kind of <laughs> attitude. And it was that those resources that enabled me to be able to do that. And so you fast forward to today and I actually happenstantially work for that guy who produced those files. And it was his partner who found my portfolio on the web. Like I still don't know how that exactly happened, but he's the one who referred me and I was able to, to take that and really, you know, do it again, like pay it forward. I literally am, you know, managing and, and helping put together these files that people across the globe can download. And I, I it really is one of those things. I, I have almost no doubt that some number of years down the line, I'll have a conversation with somebody who said that this, I used those. It's like the cosmic forces. Were yeah. Like, I didn't realize it was the, the same people that had put that out. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. For. Same, same wow. people within, you don't even have to mention their names because they're so tightly associated with their previous agency wow. within wow. The, the design so, scene. So, and this is this, this podcast, it's a little bit of what, what you're talking about, actually. Like this is why we do this at cruise consulting. We want to get a lot of entrepreneurial information out there yep. and show people that like, entrepreneurs and people in design mm-hmm. and finance are just like everybody else. They're real human beings. They took a leap somewhere mm-hmm. and now they're kicking butt and everyone can do this. So, so walk the aspirational designers through like pulling down those files to like your first job or your second job. Like how did that, how did you teach yourself all this stuff? Cause you're like a yeah. self-taught guy. Yeah. I think, so I think it's really important. It's, it's interesting being on this podcast because I'm a designer, first of all, so I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a designer who works at a large company. Um, and in some ways, I don't really align with what your listeners may be about. I think at, like at a surface level, but I think all the qualities that really make somebody grow internally at, at a company like Facebook or successful in building their company or being able to like build themselves up and learn on their own are really roughly the same skills. And that's just being able to see an opportunity and move quickly on it. And not, I think you put it this way, but not really, um, ask for permission, just go and do it. And so for me, that's always been the case. My, I I mean, I came up to San Francisco without a job, not really knowing anything about tech, not just knowing that I was really into building building things and potentially getting into the tech scene and, and entrepreneurship, and through that, like 
course of just throwing myself in, taking that that big leap, uh, and ta- yeah, that that leap forced me to to learn on my own. Um, and so I guess necessity, yes. you know, caused like it's like for, jumping the in the middle function. of a deep end of a swimming pool. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And necessity forced me to learn how to design and. Um, I think that is really deeply embedded in my DNA. I talked to, I have a number of friends who haven't gone the more adverse course, like friends who went to Stanford and studied, went to studied law and everything. There's a really clear path for them going forward. And through this core, this, this other path, my constitution is a little bit different than, than how they, you know, they go about yeah. taking risks and making decisions when the mics were off before turn on i was telling you you're kind of you remind me a lot of vanessa who like basically had a lot of great you know experience earlier in her but then just decided to start cruise consulting and like, it's been <laughs> awesome for me to work with her because i i was always the person with a very clear path and then for me to take the leave and join her i can totally relate to your skill set and the way your brain thinks about just seeing an opportunity and going for it and like yeah i probably looking back on my career Maybe a little less overthinking would have been good for me and a little bit more jumping into the deep end mm-hmm. and figuring out how to swim would have been better. I eventually got here, you totally. know, which is all that matters. But I, re- I really respect people who can take that risk and know what they want and go for it. Yeah, it's a it's a really funny thing. So I I sometimes look enviously at the people who've gone the more c- clear path of what they do and and because it is like a little bit more straightforward, but it's you just you just don't know where you're going to be in five years and that's pretty pretty compelling i will say like at every juncture it's still and it goes back to our original thesis or, or theme and that it, it all depends on someone giving you that opportunity right even if you're willing to go out and make the take those risks and everything else someone else has to take yeah. a risk on you um, both when it comes to investing or the opportunity to lead a project or whatever and so um it is it's still that kind of cosmic alignment that's really really important to be able to for everyone to kind of progress and grow so you, I love that part about your post. So you mentioned like going and grabbing coffee at people. Like, how did you do that? Did you cold email? Did you yeah. phone call people? Did you turn around to people at a bar and be yeah. like, hey, you want to talk design? Like, what did you do? Yeah, I think with one of those people, I can't remember how I first got connected with them. It was probably at some meetup or someone connected us kind of informally. Um, another one was a friend of a friend, like a, a friend's family's you know, brother-in-law and he was just this happening designer at square at the time, which is the company when I was like kind of getting my start that everyone aspired to on the design scene and being able to just grab coffee with him and talk about design and how best to make the path forward is like pretty, pretty amazing. And yeah, it took a lot of risk putting yourself out there and I can't, it's funny if I look back at my emails and I've happened to kind of, uh, and I shudder at this, like, look at those emails I sent when I first moved, moved to San Francisco and tried to get connected. And there were so many people who didn't respond or responded negatively. And yeah, it was kind of this tenacity to just get told no again and again, both with looking for work and getting those first jobs and meeting up with people for coffee. But there are those handful of people who do Yeah, that makes all the difference. There's a guy I'm friends with named Jesse Middleton. He might be listening, who's one of the co-founders of WeWork. And Uh he wrote a great Twitter post the other day where he was like, I respond to every single cold email I get 
people have to start somewhere. And I was <laughs> like, I retweeted it. Cause I was like, that was amazing. But that was you. I've, I've been that person too. Totally. And that was you, you know, three or four or five years ago, whenever it was. So how did, so you, you did that. You did a lot of coffee. How, what was like your kind of springboard job into like getting yeah. to do it? Cause you were doing a lot of freelance. Yep. Sometimes freelance is hard cause you can't quite support yourself. Maybe you're, sometimes people are working at a coffee shop while yep. they're doing freelance. Like what was your path to making this like your, your career? Completely. I think with everyone's story, a part of it is tenacity and a part of it's happenstance. My first real design job was not really a design job. I was an engineer for like front end engineer slash designer at a small consultancy. I remember that, was, that. You had the combo. You could yeah, code and yeah, design. I remember that yeah, when I first met you. Yeah. And then that company got acquired by GoPro, which really catapulted me and is still the thing. Even though I don't think working at GoPro is necessarily the place where I grew the most, that name recognition made all the difference when it came to going and working at ThoughtBot and then ultimately working at Facebook because you just have that recognition on your resume. And yeah, I ultimately had to leave GoPro because I felt like I had been pigeonholed into this designer engineer role and needed to move on. And that's how I ended up at, at, at ThoughtBot. And then from ThoughtBot felt like, again, I w- wasn't growing enough within design, the design discipline and moved on to, did, to Facebook. Did you teach yourself how to code too? Or would you, cause yeah. you're like an arts major. Like, yeah. What'd you do? How'd you do that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, so definitely it's kind of a necessity when you're doing, if you can be the full package for an early stage company yeah. or freelance, it's way easier to sell yourself. Whereas if you're just a designer or just an engineer, you kind of get bucketed very easily. And it's a double-edged sword because when you're a big company, if you do both, you can be viewed as less quality as a designer or less quality as as an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's changing. I think that's a really important thing for people who aren't in design or designers to, to be aware of is just how those roles are starting to shift as more and more designers learn to code and vice versa. But it helps, right? Like, you know what's actually can work. And, you know, the analogy I use is it's like being an architect versus a contractor, right? A contractor has mastery of the resources and working with people. And they just know their shit when it comes to the the, whatever they're building. Whereas an architect doesn't work with the people who are implementing things and doesn't necessarily know the materials. But if you're an architect who can understand the materials that you're working with, then I think you're going to have a much higher level of quality and what you ultimately produce. And I think that's completely true of design. It's, I don't, it's a second language for me, engineering. So I feel like when I talk to engineers or think about the project, I inherently know the constraints that they're working with and can gauge how difficult my design yeah. is to implement that sort of thing. They do they do you feel like the love back from them cuz they're like oh <laughs> you, you know how to build the building you I, know like Yeah, I think it I definitely think it I think it depends. I definitely don't know nearly as much as the engineers I work with on this stuff. Um and I think it's probably the same as if someone knows design like I know enough to be dangerous so I can make claims that may not be as easy to execute as I would think they would be. So yeah, who knows? So you taught yourself how to code as a way to also sell your design services. And then Uh you were at GoPro ThoughtBot and with ThoughtBot, it's like a top consulting firm. Like I'm really good friends with the ThoughtBot people. That's where we met. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, I think I'm going to go to Facebook. Yeah. What what was that experience like? (laughs) Facebook has been amazing. I, I think that they have, a phenomenal balance of uh, traditional design thinking as well as more contemporary like engineers who can design or 
people who come from an engineering background who can design. Um, originally, Facebook was a, to be a designer at Facebook five years ago required knowing how to code. You were required to implement your designs, wow. which is a real handicap if you're a designer because you always implement, you always design what you know you can implement. But I think that caused that caused a sort of deep in their deep within their DNA and appreciation for this hybrid role um that's actually really interesting so yeah. they they loved people like you with that that special skill set yeah yeah I, I and i i think you can see it in those early designs too it's like clearly clearly this is like not either the most well engineered or the most well designed <laughs> but i think it move fast you know, and worked break things, Exa- right? yeah. exactly that like if you can do both you can move really really quickly and that's been something that's still to this day a part of their dna and i th- i think that again it cuts both ways you can move too quickly you can build things that aren't of the highest quality because you're moving so quickly but it's a it's a really phenomenal place to be i mean it is the reason why i've been able to build and it's not just me there're dozens of designers who work at facebook on these resources but it's that sort of mentality is what's allowed me to move so quickly inside of a company that's tens of thousands of yeah. people, you know? And I think doing what we've done would be so much harder to place without naming names, other large tech companies yeah. that have more layers of bureaucracy. I love how you describe yourself as like an entrepreneur inside of Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you talked about Facebook being a big company. It is a big company, but it's also like so on the cutting edge of the world, you know, it's just an amazing, and by the way, I should also say I own stock in Facebook, so this is not a commercial <laughs> for Facebook, but that was a cool description. Like how, so can you talk about your pro like this specific, is, is it called Facebook dot design or what is yeah, it? Facebook yeah. Dot design. So it's the, we have, I think it's intended to be, and ultimately is becoming the outward expression of Facebook's design team. And we try to, a lot of the work that we do is a very broad, has, includes a broad range of designers from across the company. So we want it to be an expression of the diversity there. And we want to ultimately both inform people about what design is like internally at Facebook, but also give back to the community and, and give resources that will make designers' lives mm-hmm. easier. When you're doing this, like I always think, you know, as Facebook's on the cutting edge of this too, like getting the next billion people on the internet, like when you're putting this project together, I'd like to hear more about the project. Cause I, th- I looked sure. at the, I looked at the medium posts. I looked at the pages, like it's beautiful, right? The, mm-hmm. the design stuff, but just, this just kind of came to my mind. Like when you're doing this, did you think about like the future designers in Africa or future designers in Asia, like people who are learning just like how you were maybe not like, you know, in America, but like, did you think? Did you put stuff together for them, or how were you thinking about providing them access in, through this project? Man, I uh, so it's not something you necessarily think about in the beginning. I think with a lot of things that we do on the internet, we don't realize just the scale and how yeah. impactful the internet can be. So it's such a good question. Last night I was up like at midnight looking at our analytics and seeing where people were across the world on the site at any given point in time, and it is. Exactly that. It's absolutely amazing to see people from China and Indonesia and places that are just waking up at the time that I'm going to bed uh, using this. And it's amazing to come across billboards that use the the devices that we recreated in Sketch and people tweeting. It was, um, I'm blanking on his name, but he's a, a pretty prominent thinker when it comes to 
entrepreneurship and investing. And he had put together like two slides comparatively on Twitter, uh, comparing like Facebook, like, I don't know, comparing two companies and he's using our devices. So a guy completely outside of the realm of design (laughs) completely. And he's using the devices we put together and it's, it's not only humbling, but it's just, this kind of, we are so connected. Yeah. You know, it's super humbling too. It's for my Ben's friends, patient hours, our, our networks, I used to always love it the most when I would see people on the sites from like Africa or India or a place that like was, didn't have limited access and was just trying to tap in. And these, and these were the people who were and this was about a disease, the patient, you know, patient support community, but like they were reaching out and being really adventurous and figuring out what else is out there and how they could drive support. And I could see the same thing for like the young entrepreneurs in Africa and Asia who, or just like you trying to learn how to do design and finding this amazing resource Mm -hmm. and teaching themselves. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. so much, there's so much good that could jumpstart not only someone's career, but someone's life or a whole family's life in those areas. Yeah. I think there's a concern within the the design community. The more resources that are out there, the easier it is to become a designer. The almost the more homogenous design becomes. But I think what we're seeing right now with the advent of VR and the beginning of new mediums that people are designing within that it's not a zero sum game and the quicker we elevate other people to what we're doing and progress what we're doing the more incredible you know the tools and the technology we use day in and day out are it's also just you're just at a fundamental basis like giving someone the tools to change their life you know through their profession Mm -hmm. and like you're you're you were really adventurous and found all this stuff on your own, you know, from your old boss or from your new bosses when they weren't even at Facebook. And there's people across the world who are finding the resources you put up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because the engineering world has this kind of figured out open source is really core to any business, any sort of engineer who wants to get hired. There is this aspect of giving back. That's an amazing analogy. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times when engineers interview, there people ask them for like, what open source projects have you contributed to, and how can I? And they want to review that code, right? Exactly. Yeah. Even I think Disney put out an open source library this week. Like every company, it was like on. I think it was somewhat pretty high on Hacker News this week. And if that speaks to just how necessary it is within the engineering world, that that is a part of it. And I think design is product design and digital digital product design is pretty pretty on point with that but design traditionally has been sort of a subjective field and so it's a very interesting place to be in at the intersection of both design and engineering as a product designer because you see these two this really i don't know what to say it's it's technocratic or like there it's subjective meaning objective you know there yeah yeah it's, no it's true yeah exactly some, that uh, some aspect of the web design is like what do people intuitively understand and what do the metrics say and the other part of that is like how do i make something really beautiful that the world's never seen before completely you know? completely so talk just specifically go spend a couple of minutes just talking about the package you put up on the internet and what people can get out of it yeah so it. the the site facebook.design features now features uh, all our medium posts which have been there for a long time but haven't really been aggregate, aggregated or curated in a way that i think really makes it easier for people to find those resources, uh, videos, which I think we're going to expand on pretty significantly here in the future. 
and a bunch of design resources. So Sketch, Photoshop, Sketch and Photoshop files primarily for rebuilding the iOS interfaces that we use day in. Many of us use day in and day out. We material design is pretty well covered by what Google is doing, so we haven't really gone in that direction. And a bunch of devices, so we can you can easily put your designs in context on those devices. I think even more importantly than that, we have a bunch of diverse hands, which, and this is, this was, this predated me. It's it's, uh, the work of a guy named Julius Tarn, who was really passionate about diversity. And a lot of design comps before these were out just featured a white guy's hand. Oh, like the actual hand just, in the photo. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it seems really weird if you're not a designer that we'd release these diverse hands. Makes perfect sense. But yeah. it's so important that the 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 stuff we consume represents represents both the diversity of the products we're building but also reminds us as designers that we're not just building for ourselves we're building for what we were talking about before the diversity of the entire globe and so we release these hands that can like hold those devices and both communicate to the audience that you're trying to communicate to but also to the designer that as a reminder of of, of who we're building yeah, for that's really cool so yeah. people can where, where can they find that on it's on medium but like do you have a url or yeah facebook.design is the url so where do you like it we this is awesome you're going to obviously keep working on this but like mm-hmm. where do you see yourself going forward like what's your next big yeah is, it, is there another kind of chapter to facebook.design or what yeah you i think I think we're just so what we tried to do with this release was just get to a, a good foundation, aggregate all the sources, resources that are currently there and begin building up on top of that. So video content is a really good example of places we can go. Uh, Facebook's live platform is incredible. Yeah. And I think we can do a lot with that and just kind of being authentic through that medium. And would love to do that do more with that within Facebook.design. And I, I think I mentioned this before, but VR is this burgeoning field. So you guys bought like one of the big VR players. <laughs> yeah. So you know yeah. what's going on. And I think that there are... A lot. There are tons of resources. That is even more so at the intersection of engineering and design. But I hope that we can help support yeah, that yeah. more. And we have some. I am not one of the designers who works within VR. I know very little beyond like some of the basic tools like Unity. And so I, you know, I hope that we can give a platform for for the designers internally to be able to release more. Yeah. What What are some you know kind of going back to um, who you were five years ago when you were sure. breaking in? What are some or even now just what are a couple tips like aspirational designers can take away from you? Like what have you learned or what are some other great resources on the web that you can point people to? Yeah, I think one thing is be willing to take risks and take them often. I just, I think that whatever domain you're in, whether it's design, engineering, entrepreneurship, accounting, accounting, <laughs> accounting, take, take a risk in the starting the business, not in the accounting, <laughs> no risk in the accounting. <laughs> yeah. I, I think taking risks, it's, it sounds like such a platitude, but it's, that has been the defining feature I think of my career and growth has just been continually taking risk risks both large and small emailing the guy that you don't think you should email um coming on the podcast that you don't feel equipped to to speak to speaking to the the audience that you you feel like yeah "Yeah, why am why am i up here that's so important you obviously don't ever want to bullshit people especially clients that kind of thing you don't want to oversell yourself to the extent that you can't deliver but that's really i think that's really important i think it's i think just to add on to that like when you're actually doing the work and doing those 
coffee meetings and looking at all these open source resources and that you are doing the work and you're not a bullshitter. Like maybe you're overselling yourself a little bit in some, but you need to do that sometimes just to get going. So I, I totally agree with your saying, like take the risk while simultaneously doing the work completely. And then as far as the like other resources or things that people could be doing, it's hard to say people are, especially designers are at such different places in their careers and ways, the ways that they grow are so different. So it's hard to like give prescriptive, I would say, I mean, it goes back to the medium post, like grab coffee, like within your, within your sphere of people, there is someone who is better at you, better than you at whatever you do. If it's design, there's someone, you know, who's better than you at design, grab coffee with them and learn from them. Well, also on the flip side of that, like younger people, like the, the older kind of mentor person in that coffee relationship gets something out of it too. Like we were just laughing at that. We don't really understand VR very well, but I'm sure there's like a 23 year old designer out there who understands a cold Mm -hmm. and they, that person may reach out to you because they found you and you'll actually get a lot out of that. It's like a way of staying fresh and young and knowing what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's hard to, I, that continue. I think if there's anything that I can continue to be surprised by is just how beneficial those connections and those, um, relationships are to one's obvious professional growth, but also just personal development and being willing to listen and pay attention to the people around you and not shut down people because you think that they don't know anything or because you think they're more junior than you or yeah, I I think just being attentive to your surroundings is really important to being able to like leverage sounds like such a utilitarian word, but, um, yeah, build, build upon those connections. We have a lot of young people that work at cruise consulting and it keeps me young and keeps me happy. I, you get a lot of satisfaction out of teaching people and I can see your, that's, I can see that it came through on the medium post and I can see it just on your face right now. That's why you wanted to do this project. Like Mm -hmm. put these resources out there, help people get better. And you clearly live that path. And it's, I, I have a lot of respect for you for doing all this work to make. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, before we go, what are, cause you're a designer and cause you have <laughs> this great eye, like what are some of your favorite besides the Facebook newsfeed? What are some of your favorite <laughs> sites out there? Like where can a dude like me go and be like inspired on the web? Well, I think the first, the first thing is that a lot of the best design that we're seeing is not like websites per se, but you know, mobile apps. And even that's becoming a bit more codified, like the standard patterns that are there. Um, I always love what Airbnb does. Um, Pinterest actually did a really interesting redesign. It's not really even a redesign. They created these components that, um, both map to what they're doing on the engineering side to what their visual designers are working on. And I thought it was like a really incredibly thorough way of, rethinking their core, their DNA and both improving their engineering standards, but also improving the visual design that are, that's there. So uh, obviously Airbnb and, um, Pinterest are good examples of that. I'm trying to think of something, you know, uh, and the final, the final company that really impresses me or group that really impresses me is an agency called us Two, And they're kind of, you wouldn't have necessarily heard of them, but you've definitely heard of their, pro- their projects. Um, they've released a product called Monument Valley, which is oh, yeah. this game that's incredible, you know, incredible when it comes to designing. And they've been able to f- build a business that both couples their products with their, uh, you know, consulting. I didn't and, know that. They're, I thought they were just a game studio, but they're no, actually, no, 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 no. They're, they're consultancy as well. And I think both 
finding striking that balance is really challenging to yeah. do. And I, I know a number of consultancies that have tried to do that and failed miserably. And they've been able to figure it out. I have no idea what their sweet sauce is when it comes to that. But I feel like they've kind of opened up new domain when it comes to to both gaming and uh, gaming on mobile, but stuff that's incredibly aesthetically compelling. And even their first VR game, which I, I can't remember the name of right now, was just this aesthetic marvel. It, it was my first time being completely Im- immersed and lost in a uh, completely yeah. you know artificial reality. I mean, Monument Valley is is really cool. Yeah, I yeah, that yeah. A play on, right? But uh, okay, we'll tell the audience where they can find both your the Facebook stuff. Yep. And also where they can find you. People like to email the guests sometimes. Completely. So. Yeah. No, I'm totally, I'm always or open Twitter. to emails to email, and everything whatever. else. Yeah. Whatever a publicly acceptable <laughs> place to reach you at. So uh, Facebook.design are our resources coming from Facebook. And um, I can be found at, at Jeff Personified, which is potentially the longest Twitter handle you'll, you'll find out there. But Jeff Smith is a hard one to, uh, yeah. to what's your, and what's your Facebook and my, my, well, my Facebook profile or, or is, yeah. Or is that, is that close <laughs> to the public? Well, it's, it's definitely open, but again, searching for Jeff Smith, That's Jeff true. Smith is both a benefit and the curse within the, the online world. It's there's complete anonymity, but there is complete anonymity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jeff personified at Twitter and you can probably find my medium post. I think it was called giving back to the design community. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, that kind of covers I it. I mean, I really want to tip my cap to you. Like it, it was a beautiful post and it really talked about like your mentors before and who helped you get here. And then I can't believe it came full circle and the person you are working for now is yeah. going to put all that stuff out. Yeah. There. It's, 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 it's pretty cool. It's the pretty internet cool. Is a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for coming on Jeff Smith and, uh, we'll continue to see your stuff in Facebook newsfeed and we'll also look for more medium posts and we'll go to facebook.design to check out your stuff. Thanks a lot, Scott. Awesome. All right, buddy. Take care. Cheers.